Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Nyson. This show is supported by Lacole, who produced performance cycling apparel. This is the recap of La Course by La Tour de France. Before we jump into it, if you like what we do and you want to support the podcast, there's a few things you can do. You can rate us and leave a review if you're listening on podcast players or subscribe to the YouTube channel, Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast YouTube channel, and like the video down below if that's where you're watching. Or we also have a donation link on Ko-Fi, which goes directly to supporting the podcast and acquiring photo licensing rights and race rights, etc. But speaking of help, this podcast is supported by our show partner, LaCole. LaCole produced performance cycling apparel that's made at the base of Monte Grappa in Italy. If you're interested in picking up some LaCole kit during the tour across the next three weeks, you can use the all caps LRTDF20, that's LRTDF20, which will get you 20% off all LaCole items. They've just launched their lightweight collection, which will help you stay cool in summer on long rides is made of their most breathable fabrics and material yet for the hot summer clients. So thanks to LaCole for supporting the podcast. Early starts, the race started like 8 a.m., uh, so 7 a.m. London time, and I think this might be the last edition ever with the Women's Tour de France next year. Yep. 108 Ks from Brest to London, no, a bit rainy but not too hard. Four laps of the Côte de la Fosse or Loop climb, 3.1 Ks at 5.5%. They also finish on the top of that climb. It's hard at the start, sort of 8% gradient for 1,500 metres, and then it flattens out at the end. So Voss, Vollering, Van der Breggen, Ludwig, all those sort of riders on the start list and in play. Uh, but, yeah, there was some – every time they went sort of past the finish line, Benji, at the end of that climb, there were repeated attacks, people trying to get away. What was the initial attacks? Yeah, I started tuning in, I think, just before the circuit started with a good 80k to go. We had an attack by a Arkea rider, Cédric Kerbaul, something like that. I'm trying, okay. And um, she ended up attacking solo, but she was joined by a rider, Pirone, and that two-women group stayed away for a tiny bit. And then we started seeing that, that continuous attacks every time on the circuit. And SD works actually the team that was trying to control the peloton a bit while those attacks were ongoing and i feel like at a certain point we saw as they were setting a pace and the group was reduced to 30 riders and that was with a good two laps of those 14 kilometers per lap to go so lots of action but then a group started forming it was with about a good 18k to go that the form that that group formed we had leah thomas in there bertizzolo guderzo Nee Fischer Black, Ruth Winder, Persico, Anna Henderson, and so forth. Also Grace Brown, Faulkner, Chapman, and Laboo. And I think one rider from uh, Jumbo Visma as well. I think it was Anushka Koster, but I'm not sure Anna about Henderson, it. Well, oh, was, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's course, what the yeah. UCI Women's World Tour sort of tweets has said. But yeah, yeah she, I thought I saw her pulling at the end as well. I, mean, I was surprised SD Works were happy with that group, Benji. Just Nee Fisher Black against Brown and Labou and Anna Henderson, 
oh yeah, I was surprised they let they were happy with that group composition. Or do you think they were happy with just a fifty second gap and they knew that could be brought back pretty quickly? Well, in the early parts when Azeworks was setting the pace, we saw that initial few riders getting caught very swiftly on one of the uphill sections. So I think they knew in their mind that once we go ham on one of these climbs, this group can be caught quite easily. But I still felt like, okay, this is kind of dangerous. One minute, one minute 15, one minute 20. I'm like, okay, this is becoming riskier and riskier. And eventually we did see reactions from that second group. But I feel like it was only the moment that in the front group something was going wrong. So I think with the second last caught or uh, fossil loop, <laughs> yeah, he hey, you're supposed to you're supposed to speak French fluently. It's part of your <laughs> you're part of your national constitution. That's not how it works here. Okay, <laughs> uh, on the second last ascension of the climb, um, we saw that in the front group, the rider of FDG Brody Chapman was uh, was dropping, and because of that. In the elite group, FDJ started panicking and a move by Uther Ludwig happened and she actually went very hard on that second last ascension and she put pressure on that group and I think it was Anna van der Breggen closing it down herself and eventually that group came together again and the tempo went down again. But I feel like at that moment, the gap was closing down to a good 50 seconds and we saw another move by FDJ. Muzic was going. Do you think that this was a good move by FDJ to try and launch that, knowing that the rider in front, for example, was not looking at her best? Yeah, it seemed pretty good timing. Like they had good communication with Chapman dropping. They're trying to then trying to do something. They're like, well, Chapman's probably not going to beat uh, Grace Brown. So yeah, pretty smart from FDJ. Yumbo Visma had been keeping their powder dry largely. Nee Fisher Black had been pulling in that front group and. Juliet Labou, I thought, on that final climb would be a good chance out of that group. But it really was when they got onto the last lap, Jumbo Visma got on the front and they just decimated this gap. The cohesion in the front group wasn't great, I think, because no team had two riders in that group. It was all yeah. individual riders, so there was no one going to the front just pulling um, because they got a better rider in their group as their teammate. So that group eventually got caught just before the base of the climb and it reminded me a lot they get into the base of the climb all the favorites are in now in the front group the pelotons caught them Niviadoma, ludwig vols following van der bregen uh you name it and, and it was actually sarah roy leading out amanda spratt and they've been doing a lot this season bike exchange sort of having brown attack early and then hoping it's spratt on the final climb and then it was an, an attack by a Canyon Shram rider. I was like, oh, Nivea Doma's gone really early. I think it was, it was actually Tiffany Cromwell. Yeah. And it was like uh, when, when Gilbert was on BMC, Benji on the Calberk, when they got, I can't remember, maybe it was Sammy Sanchez. He got him to attack early to yeah. get Kwiatkowski yeah. to bridge it and then Gilbert <laughs> countered, maybe yes. like 2014. It reminded me a lot of that and then Nivea Doma countered. So do you think... Is that the steepest point of this climb, like right at the start or like 400 meters in? Yeah, indeed. In the early parts of it, you've got that 14% section, at least according to the ASO thing, because that's always a tiny bit higher than the actual gradients. But it was a, a pretty steep section, definitely the steepest part of the climb. So Cromwell hammered it at that moment. And then we saw not an instant response in that second portion of the group and it wasn't until i think her teammate started hammering it that she was actually closed down cassia niviadoma was suddenly powering away from the elite group just behind her and closed down towards tiffany cromwell 
And usually you would say, I should stay in the wheel and perhaps Cromwell should give a few turns, but that was not happening. Uh, Nivia Doma was ready to uh, launch Pastor and straight Pastor and eventually in the group behind. I think uh, the two riders that were closing earliest was Utrup Ludwig, but also Grace Brown. So not Amanda Spratt right there. So yeah, that's where the question comes in. Was it good that they were going for Amanda Spratt in the first place and that kind of stuff in terms of that team? But I think that those three stayed away for a few seconds until the others joined as well. That was an Anna van der Breggen, for example, falls in the wheel of Anna van der Breggen, and then the others as well, Vollering, uh, Soraya Paladin as well. So uh, the group came back together, but one missing name, and it is the winner of last year, Lizzie Dignan. Yeah, she got dropped, I think. She's just not looked in as good a condition this year, and I think this played out, this climb, a lot like I'm kind of expecting the men's race to play out. If you only have a three, four second gap over the crest of the steep section, which is 1,200 meters in, you've still got a long way to go over a kilometer, 1,400 meters to the finish. And say you're Kasia Nuviadoma, Vollering's behind, Vanderbregen's in that group. Vanderbregen's not helping her. So those three, there's not much you know, collaboration. It was like Schachmann and Alaphilippe in Tour de Suisse stage two, I think, where Alaphilippe attacks, Schachmann's there, they look at each other, MVP comes back. Same scenario, the quicker women come back, being Vollering and Mariana Voss, but Ludwig goes to the back of the group and she, they go under the Flamme Rouge. She knows, well, maybe she shouldn't have known because of what happened later, but she's like, I'm not going to beat Voss and Vollering in a sprint. She attacks <laughs> to the right-hand side really hard. She's closed down by Anna van der Breggen, who's on policing duties, riding for Vollering again. But it was still a strong attack from Cecilia Ultrup Ludwig. Then Lippert attacked, and it was actually Mariana Voss closing her down with 600 metres to go. Do you think if you're Voss at that moment, Benji, with two SD Works riders in that group, and remember Vollering came at her pretty fast in the Amstel Gold finish, do you think... Why do you think Voss was, was closing down Lippert? Do you think she thought Anna van der Breggen wouldn't have done it? Oh, I think that it's dangerous because if you're Voss in that situation, you're just thinking about staying at the front as much as possible. And I think that despite that team having multiple riders there, I think they would play it treacherously. I think they would try and get Voss to do work. And I think that's where the tension comes in and that's where Voss actually... Uh, is kind of forced to close it down because Van der Breggen didn't really look like she was instantly reacting. And it wasn't until Voss made the move, Voss basically, well, crossing to the right of the road, that Van der Breggen jumped on the wheel and also uh, followed. So it was a bit of a, a waiting game for a, that tiny split second before the reaction happened and Voss was the one to react. And I think Eventually, the group came back together and we saw another move that was, well, not similar because it wasn't SD-Works that had to close it, but Anna von der Breggen decided to go on the right side of the road and Foz was on the left side of Volring when this happened. And when this happened, we saw that Foz was reacting instantly on von der Breggen, but the thing is that Volring is in between there and she almost crossed the front wheel of, of Volring there, a bit treacherous, but eventually she jumped on the wheel Again, having to do extra effort, having to close another one, another one of these attacks. And that's all going to play into her getting more and more cooked along the way, going to that final sprint. Because following on paper does not have the better sprint on a flat section. But if you put so much pressure on Voss right now with all these continuous attacks, then 
it might become closer the level between the two. And that Van der Breggen move was very, very important there, I think, for the uh, latter part of the race. Yeah, I definitely think so. Like the difference between Voss and someone like and the Van der Breggen sprint is very is large, even when Voss is tied. But if you can tie uh, Mariana Voss out, if you can get Volering on her wheel, if you can get Voss launching earlier, then you really even up the playing field between her and Volering, and you give Volering a good chance, even if you haven't been able to drop her on the climb. And that's what happened. Voss comes out of the wheel of Van der Breggen, kicks pretty early doesn't have the zip that we saw at Ken Vavelham where she sprinted for like 300 metres with Lotta Kopecky on her wheel. We, that is not what we saw today. And uh, Volering comes around her to the left easily, in fact, and wins La Course with Voss running out of steam and Cecilia Ultra ludwig who'd attacked a couple of times, uh, but especially on the second to last lap, I think, on the climb, she has a really, really good sprint for seconds. So here's the top 10. Of La Course, Vollering first, Cecilia Ultrup Ludwig second, Voss third, Van der Breggen fourth, Grace Brown fifth. Unbelievable result given she was in the break. It's coming fifth. I mean, it makes you wonder what would have happened with Brown if she'd saved her energy and she'd attacked when everyone was suplexing with 700 to go and looking at each other. Nuviodoma sixth, Paladin seventh, Lippert eighth. Quite a good result for Lippert, actually. I think maybe she should have trusted her sprint a little bit more. I think she's she could have come top five. Diagnant Knight and Bertizzolo 10th. So pretty interesting and tactical finish, Benji. The Vanderbreg and Vollering combo is unbelievable once again. What do you think what do you think is the lesson from this climb? And and say you're not an SD works, like SD works win once again, what could have gone differently for them to actually lose this race? Actually, I'll throw it around first. I'll try and talk yeah. about how they could have won it differently. <laughs> I think True. at a certain moment, we saw that attack by Utrup Ludwig in the last one and a half kilometers. We saw Van der Breggen. Well, we saw Grace Brown reacting to that and Van der Breggen in the wheel. And they had a bit of a moment where they had a good 15 meters on Nivia Doma, who was setting the pace in the second portion of that elite amount of riders. And that three women group, they stayed there for a second and looked at each other. The second that Van der Breggen closes down Utrup Ludwig, she has a tiny gap on Brown. And it wasn't because Brown was letting it go for a bit. No, no, no. I think that she was actually putting pressure on Brown. I think if Van der Breggen decided right at that moment to keep that effort going, she would have been able to win the race like that. And it's because in that second group, they would have all looked at each other. They don't have teammates, so they can't chase it down. They're going to have repetitive attacks left and right. Nobody's going to want to take over. And Utrup Ludwig, I don't believe she would have been able to close it because usually she gets countered. And when she does, she's not able to respond instantly and, and get back on the wheel. So I think Van der Regen could have won this race if she went forward there. But then again, they won in the end. So does it really matter? Not really. And it's a split second decision. And I guess they uh, had their plan set out for Volering and it turned out perfectly. But how could other people have put more pressure on this? I think in the last kilometer, just plainly, there was so much patience and people looking at each other and and fake attacks, like maneuvers that looked like they were about to attack and then didn't attack. And from like multiple riders at the same moment as well. So if like one of them actually made the move, the others would have been like, who's going to close it down now? And then it would have been either Von der Breggen or Voss doing it again, but Voss can't keep repeating that. Voss can't close down seven attacks. Two was already putting so much difficulty into her. And 
Van der Breggen could have probably done it, but if she kept on doing that, then she would have put Vos in a, in a, in a beautiful seat again. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that could have gone differently in the final kilometer, but it's also just split decisions. I don't know if I was in that position, whether I would have attacked or not. I, um, I think it depends on my, my sprint quality, I guess. So this is the last major women's race, I think, before the Olympics. Oh, well, it's just been knocked down from World Tour, Women's World Tour level, so it's not going to have as good a start list, I don't think, is it? But anyway, for the Olympics, we got this is sort of a tune-up one-day race, although oh, that's not as silly as the men's race. I presume Vollering is going. Will, will we see the Voss, Van der Breggen, Vollering combo there? I'm not sure how many places they have, but the Dutch team is looking outrageously good for Tokyo to win the Olympic road race. Maybe... Vollering, oh, sorry, Van der Breggen has been sacrificing so much for Vollering because she knows she's going to get paid back in Tokyo. So that's something to watch. But I enjoyed this race. I can't wait for the full Women's Tour de France next year or eight stages of it at least. I think it'll have a really different element. And maybe we'll see some riders who we don't think of as, you know, top, top riders that they're actually really really good stage races day in day out and we just they've never had the parkour to really show their capabilities maybe ludwig is that is that sort of rider uh but yeah any what what are you expecting from the tour de france next year benji who's a rider you think will really shine with an eight stage race with some mountainous parkour i think it completely depends on that parkour because yeah, you're saying a mountainous parkour. I think it fits the ones we know. Van Vleut and Van der Breggen, those are the ones that fit there. But Van der Breggen, with the Olympics coming, she's retiring on paper, so she might not make that first Tour de France, right? Uh, yeah, well, she she said she's retiring this year, but maybe that's another sort of carrot for her Come to keep on, going. Anna, do it for us. <laughs> it's not like, I mean, <laughs> I mean she, she's not exactly washed, is she? So, yeah, um, <laughs> that, that's certain. <laughs> so, Holy crap. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure she, she could still win some races next yeah, year. Yeah, I think so as well. When it comes um, to like uh, yeah. GC, oh, it's very difficult, but those are the, the two I was leaning towards. And then you've got a Volering that I'm curious in whether she has a time trial. I haven't. I don't know by hard whether she has a time trial. And if that comes into play, then I want to see how good she does. But I think the problem there is that I think when it comes to the bigger climb, she's going to get into potential trouble. But on Laguna Zanaya, she was surviving pretty long and we were surprised by her. So I think that I'm just looking forward to it so we have a view on who could do there, who, who could do well there. Kopecky. If it depends on the parkour, if you get a, a really flat parkour, which we hope doesn't happen, but... Kopecky just won GC at Lotto Belgium to a one one a stage. She's won so many. She won the national championships in Belgium in the ITT. Kopecky is she's like the uh, yeah she reminds me of Juan Van Art a lot actually. Benji, she's just an incredible sprinter and climbs better than you expect sometimes. A lot of Kopecky uh, when, when she wants to, but it won't be that route. The route next year I think will be too hard for someone like her. Maybe Amanda Spratt will come back. Maybe it's Nee Fisher Black. Nee Fisher yeah. Black, you know, she looks like the next best Mormon stage Pasio, racer. perhaps? You never know. Yeah, yeah, true. Mormon Pasio Waspakilo seems to be amongst the best in the women's world tour. She just never gets the climbs to show it off. But that was our recap of La Course by La Tour. Maybe the last edition probably will be. Uh, thanks for listening and watching. If you want to hear more from us on the Tour de France, you can follow us on Twitter at Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast at Lantern Rouge CP, it actually is the handle. You can find me on Lantern Rouge YouTube channel. I have highlights of this race, La Course, and every Tour de France stage. And Benji's doing a PCM playthrough on the Benji Narsen 
YouTube channel every day. So the links are in the description below, but we'll see you with the men's recap later. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.